The following talk was given at the Insight Meditation Center in Redwood City, California. Please visit our website at audiodharma.org. So, again, a very warm welcome to all of you, and I'm very happy to be back with you. So, I was really inspired by something that was said, I shared on Sunday while I was teaching the Eightfold Path program uh, for IMC on Zoom. And this may have been someone who's been a member of this group. Anyway, it, at any rate, it was someone who definitely had a uh, continuous or a pretty strong uh, loving kindness practice, I think. And she said that she wanted to be sending kindness out towards everyone, but she just wasn't feeling it. Um, so what she did instead was to set an intention or a wish to want to feel kindness for others. And she reported that a little bit later, the kindness came flowing back, and it was natural to send loving kindness to people. I found that really a beautiful example of how being clearly mindful in practice is helpful, first of all. We're not here in the practice of mindfulness, nor in these practices of loving kindness, compassion, sympathetic joy, equanimity, gratitude, any of the things we do here. We're not here to fake it until we make it. <laughs> um, we're not here to force ourselves to feel kind or happy or peaceful, nor to feel anything specific if that's not what's happening in the moment. We're here in mindfulness practice always to genuinely know our experience just as it is and to learn to be present with that. When we can tap into kindness or gentleness towards difficult thoughts or emotions or body states or even just the absence of what we wish we were feeling, that's great. But above all, knowing what we're experiencing in whatever way is available to us now is the practice, actually. We can have a matter-of-fact awareness. We could even feel disappointed by what we're aware of and notice we're aware of this and we're aware of disappointment about it or other feelings about it, that, which is sometimes called the second arrow. And I'm guessing many of you have heard of the second arrow. The first arrow is the wound. The second arrow is the one you pick up and stick into the wound and, and make yourself suffer. So if we're only too aware that what we're thinking or feeling doesn't lead anywhere good, we can set an intention, as this person did, or a wish that will come to a more wholesome place and just in the recognition, oh my gosh, this thing that I'm thinking or feeling right now isn't the greatest thing. Just that recognition is already a little step towards freedom. And we can aspire to feel something more wholesome. So with that as our inspiration this evening, I thought we'd step into our meditation And just taking a moment, taking whatever time you need to settle into the meditation, finding 
the way to sit, the way to be with your body that feels sustainable, not hesitating to adjust what needs to be adjusted. And allowing clear mindfulness, to clear awareness to notice just exactly how things are right now. Whatever the experience is, whatever is dominant in the attention, that's how it is right now. And there's no more important, no better experience to be aware of than what's happening here and now body, heart, and mind. Recognizing whatever is coming up as things remain or even as they shift. And first of all, just recognizing what's going on right now. We don't have to dig, just whatever's obvious in awareness. And allowing it some space, some time to be known. Not trying to push it away. Not trying to hurry it off for something better. And not trying to hold on to it if it's fleeting. Just give it whatever space it needs to be felt, known, experienced. And if it's a state that hangs around, what else might it be trying to tell us? There's room here sometimes for a little gentle exploration of something that's hanging around. We can notice if anything is feeding the experience, such as thinking that maintains it, or uh, memories, worries, anything related to it that's sort of keeping it in our field of attention. 
Also appreciating if it it's a persistent state that's helpful and wholesome. Appreciating it. You might have a ongoing sense of calm or non-reactivity. Maybe a feeling of being able to focus on the meditation. Beautiful states. We can feel good that they're here and supporting us. When a wholesome state or a helpful state arises or is hanging around, um, perhaps sending the wish, the aspiration, may this state continue and grow. And if there's any uh, state of mind, heart, or body that you notice is here, is persistent this evening, that doesn't feel so health, uh, healthy or wholesome or helpful, perhaps setting an intention around it, may I be present with this and listen to what it wants to tell me. May the heart-mind turn towards a more wholesome state and that becomes available. Continuing in our meditation this evening, simply allowing yourself to notice moment to moment, time to time, what's most prominent in your awareness, and does it feel helpful? If so, maybe extending some appreciation. May this state continue and grow. And 
when, if something arises that is less than helpful or feels not so wholesome, noticing it and just wishing, may I be present with this and listen to what it has to tell me. Whatever arises throughout the evening, recognizing what it is in as kind or gentle a way as is available to you, allowing its space to be known and felt, and allowing it to pass through or persist at its own pace. Respectful in a way that the mind, heart, body are presenting things to our awareness that we want to take note of. Nothing is left out in this practice. If you find the mind has drifted away from the practice for a while, no worries at all. Just notice where it went and gently know that you're aware again. Bring it back to the practice of recognizing what's present now, allowing it space, feeling it, and allowing it to move through at its own pace. Building kindness in your intentions.
It can also be supportive at times to notice variations in a state that is hanging on or persisting. Might notice when it intensifies and also if it subsides a little. Any variations in experience or whatever is being experienced, it's useful to stay alert and recognize how it might be changing, evolving, allowing whatever's happening and being aware of it. And if what is present in your awareness this evening includes another person or people, feel free to allow your practice to shift towards recognizing any intentions you might have towards this person or these people, or any wishes you may have for them. You might send wishes like, may you be healthy, may you be safe, may you live with ease, or if those feelings aren't present, you might send the wish to yourself. May my feelings and thoughts towards you resolve over time. May my feelings towards you soften. Depending on the situation and the person, allowing yourself to extend a wish that feels healthy for you and true to what's coming up in your heart and mind.
So there can be tremendous power in honesty like this in our practice where we acknowledge what's actually arising in us at the time. And we don't try to force the mind to do something it's not quite ready to do. This can also, you know, I've noticed that people sometimes do this in relationship uh, skillfully. So they might say something like, um, I do care about you or I care about this relationship, but I just can't talk about this right now. I need a little space and time, you know, so sometimes people give themselves time to uh, be prepared to do, to have interactions with others or um do what's supportive for themselves and when they can show up in a more caring or kind way for another person. So uh, this is part of what inspired me about hearing this practitioner say that she wasn't up to feeling kindness just yet. She wasn't up to sending kindness yet, but she wanted to want that. And she set an intention to feel kind when that was available to her. And then it did show up. Um, so we now have an opportunity uh, to share a little bit and be inspired by one another. And um, we're going to spend some time, just 10 minutes, in breakout groups of about um, three, three or four people each. And the hope with these is that it gives you a chance to speak from your own experience, share one uh, short thing that came up for you about you know, how, how, what you noticed about being there with what you really felt, noticing your intentions, um, when you could notice them. Sometimes we can notice them, sometimes we can't. And whether we, we felt, um, a movement towards something that didn't feel wholesome or did feel wholesome. Just, you know, whatever was up for you this evening in a way that feels safe to share. And then uh, to keep things comfortable for one another, to then let the next person take their turn and speak uninterrupted, and we refrain from giving each other advice or commenting on one another's sharing. Um, and then when we come back to the big group, we uh, protect one another's privacy um, by only sharing our own experience and not naming what somebody else said by their name. So with that, I'll send you to the breakout groups. And if you find yourself in a room without anyone else because other people opted out, don't worry. I will find you and move you to a room with other people. Um, so maybe start the sharing with the person whose last name begins closest to the letter A and go through the alphabet and enjoy the time. Welcome back, everyone. We now have about 10 minutes uh, to share any inspirations, anything you learned um, from your group or from this evening that you'd like to share. Jerry, please. Uh, thanks, Liz, and first of all, welcome back. It's always a pleasure to have you lead us uh, and uh, give us lots of help. Uh, we all need help. So um, anyway, the comment I would have is that uh, 
it sort of came to me at the end of the group that often the limitations of the uh, the sense of being um, restricted uh, in some way, the restrictions are often self-imposed on you. Uh, and they're actually, uh, if you let go of those restrictions, there's a whole different way of viewing things. So it was sort of helpful to sort of recognize that, be careful about thinking, oh, I can't do this or I can't do that. But it's often your own restrictions that are then imposed and then one feels trapped. So enough for me on that. That's such a great uh, insight. Thank you so much, Jerry. Has anybody here ever felt self-imposed anything? <laughs> I'm guessing it's probably 100% of us have felt that. Um, and it's good to release those uh, constraints and see what happens. Thanks, Thanks for that. And thank you for the chats. You know, you're always welcome to send a chat to me if that feels more comfortable than speaking out in the group. But when you speak something into the group, um, you never know who you're offering something really wonderful to. People often uh, don't know that they've inspired someone else. They'll, You know, we never know that. We never know what we've said or done sometimes that stays with another person in a positive way. Or mirrors our experience and is validating my just being aware. Oh my gosh, that happens to me too. So Padma, please. Yeah. So um, I want to say it was really nice topic today, and I was able to, um, you know, see what's going on and awareness, and then a lot of it is rumination, but um, and then also able to send. Um, you know, loving messages to to these people. There were like three, four people that came out for different reasons, nothing serious, but uh, so it was really nice. I was able to do it today, and I was like, oh, you know. And then then you rang the bell. It was too quick. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Oh, that's great. When you know you want the meditation to go on because you're on to something that's useful for you, and you know it's it's great when you have a moment that you feel able to send some of those wishes for another person or even the wish that you might one day feel ready. And sometimes we're not ready. Sometimes we're in a place where we still have more to process about whatever it was that was difficult. And that's completely important too. So thanks, Padma. And thank you for the person who sent a chat about grief. Angela, please. Um, yeah, I have, uh, I don't know if it is related or not, um, but I have a question. Um, um, say that you are in transition um, or you, you are feeling stuck. Um, like so maybe in a career or relationship. In my case, in a career. What what is the the Buddhist perspective on uh, on breaking away, so to say, from from this kind of feeling? 
That's a really good question. And I wouldn't say that there's one Buddhist perspective, but what I hear that's important in what you're sharing is that some part of you recognizes that it feels stuck. It doesn't feel like it's serving you is what I'm hearing in that in some way. And there, there sounds to be some wish to change situations or, you know, look at it more closely. So uh, an invitation might be to spend some time noticing what about it feels stuck or what isn't working for you and allow yourself plenty of time to see that. And because sometimes we have to know what's not helpful to us, what is just not working, before we can find how we're going to make a change um, or how change can come into our life that can support us more. So, Angela, is that in the direction of something that might be helpful to you? Or is there more that you'd like to ask or comment? Um, Well, um while meditating, it kind of came to mind that maybe I'm not in the right career. Uh-huh. Yeah. So it's, uh, and, um, you know, I, I, I just started a job and I'm already thinking of quitting it. <laughs> but it's, uh, what would Buddha do? that's my my question yeah and i i think that what the buddha would do would be to give himself time to recognize i mean you know we could say the buddha did recognize this he was in the profession of being a prince and he was supposed to inherit a kingdom and run that kingdom and he uh he was exposed to some new information from about himself and about the world that uh, he wanted instead. He was curious about suffering. He saw some examples of, you know, the legend goes, he saw some examples about of suffering in the world, and he wanted to learn how to come to the end of that suffering. So he then went on a seven-year journey, and he tried everything. He meditated with the great sages of his age and followed their practices, some of which involved extreme restriction, you know, um, practically starving himself to death. And it took all this work, multiple teachers and multiple invitations. Hey, oh, you're, you're doing great. Stay here and teach with us. You're brilliant. And him recognizing, nope, still not, still not what I'm looking for. Still not in line with ending suffering. And so he kept going for those seven years until he was kind of on the brink of starvation. His ribs were showing through his, uh, you know, showing in his body. And he realized, he, he flashed back to something that had been very gratifying in childhood. He remembered that a moment in childhood when he sat beneath this tree and his father was doing some work with the villagers, and he fell into a meditation that was extremely peaceful. And he came out of that recognizing, you know what, I don't need to starve myself to death. It's better to find the middle way where I'm having some nutrition, you know, not gorging on rich food, but having some nutrition. And maybe this peaceful state that I experienced as a child Maybe that had something in it for the end of suffering. So 
it's something about recognizing what works for you, what is supportive and wholesome for you, what leads in a positive direction, and what doesn't. And then really he got, you know, finer and finer about, well, you know, these practices are all well and good and I'm mastering them, but they're still not wholesome enough for me. So maybe you're in that kind of process. This new job may or may not be wholesome enough for you, or there may be things going on inside you that want attention and want you to be able to hang out with them. And te- and I've come to respect over time being with something and hanging out with the question uh, until the answer becomes clear. Sometimes I've I've done the thing where you work on a problem like, oh, this isn't right. I've got to work it, work it, work it to death. And still the answer wasn't coming. And then I've been in processes that took me years. And um, I'm not saying how long your process should take, but, and over time, it then it became apparent to me as I changed what needed to change. So may not be a perfect answer, Angela, but I hope it provide, provides a little something for you. Yeah, absolutely. It did. Thank you. Great. Thank you. And thank you all for being here this evening together and supporting one another. If you'd like to unmute and say goodnight to each other, please do. Thank you, Liz. Thank you, Liz. Thank you. 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 Good night, everybody. Thank you, Liz. See you again Thursday.